Chapter Seventeen of Outlaws of Ravenhurst by Sister M. Amelda Wallace, S.L. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Secret Passages For an hour or more, Gordon crawled on. The passage was straight for a time, then it dropped to a lower level and ran on again. Each room had its little spy hole hidden in some carving. As he crept along, the levels became shorter and the stairs longer. He had not found a spying place for a long time. The darkness grew even blacker. He could not see his hand before his face. The stones were cold, so cold and wet. Then came more stairs, and down, down into the blackness he went. It has to sink so low to get under the moat. That must be it. And as he spoke, he splashed into a puddle at the foot of the stairs. Oh, how sweet that water tasted, muddy though it was. He crawled over the mossy stones of the level. Now he must be going under the moat. That was why it was so wet and slimy. The end of the passage could not be far away, at least not much farther, for he had been crawling such a long time. When once he got outside, what if Uncle Roger did take the castle? They could have a little farm of their own, or a fine fishing boat, like... Gordon's right hand shot into space. He tried to grasp the stones, lost his balance, and fell, down, 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 into never-ending blackness. Something cold. Water. And down, down, down again. He was rising. One hand shot out, then his head. Gordon drew a quick, deep breath, and floated as he had done many a time, when some chance slip had plunged him into the old fishing-pole beneath the alders while he and Joel were playing in the Maryland woods. Thank God! It is water! I should have broken my neck if it had been stone. Well, the joke is on me. All day long I have been praying for a drop of water. Now the good Lord has given me a drop into it, instead of a drop of it. Then Gordon's right arm glided out in a cautious overhand stroke. But the water was cold, very cold, and his left leg felt queer. It would not follow suit. The lad struck out with all his might, and the struggle sent him under again, down, far down, till the roaring in his ears deafened him. He had fasted in bitter pain since early morning, and a boy's strength cannot last for ever. As the body rose for the second time, one hand touched something floating and clutched it as only the drowning can. A plank, short, water-soaked, and slimy, it could bear but little weight. Yet that little was much to him. He drew it under his armpit, and his lips were above water. Ah, oh, how sweet is God's own air! Gordon never knew before how much one breath is worth. Then the lad tried to paddle with his free hand, but the weight of his cramped legs was too great for so feeble a stroke. Still he kept on paddling. He must have been making headway without knowing it, for at last his hand touched the mossy stones. He pulled the plank nearer. They seemed to form the wall of the passage. He drew himself along beside it for a dozen strokes. The plank stopped abruptly. I have struck the other wall, I guess. This must be a corner. Gordon felt about in the blackness. Floating along beside the plank, half resting on it, half drawing himself onward by the stones, Gordon tried to loosen the plank from the unseen snag which held it. A sharp push. Too sharp. The slimy wood slid into the water again, but out of the boy's hand. He groped in the black air and blacker water. 
It was gone. Search was useless. Clinging to the stones, he dragged himself onward once more. This could not be a corner, he muttered a moment later. There is another side to it, just over there. But it doesn't come over to make the point. Oh, I wish I could see for a minute, only once. Suddenly his cramped, dragging feet struck something hard. Crying out with pain, he sank. But not far. The rough stone floor was just beneath him. Crawling, dragging himself, feeling in the blackness ahead before each onward movement, slowly, slowly he struggled on. The water is more shallow, he muttered. I am going uphill just a little bit now. This must be some other passage. I wonder where it ends. Oh, well, when I am outside, I can see Ben Ender and tell by it which way to go. Hard work was warming his weary, cold body, and the cramp came out of his legs by and by. At last he could crawl, and the water was soon behind him. This passage was crooked and narrow. After crossing that first rise which had shut out the water, it went winding, winding, with a constant downward slant. Gordon could touch the roof with ease. The air, long imprisoned, had in it something which sucked his breath. He was sure he had crawled onward for an hour or more, but it is hard to tell how quickly time passes when a boy is weary yet dares not rest. Then he cheered himself by planning. It could not be much farther now. I wonder what that John is like. He must be a big man, or folks would not call him Muckle John. When we get mother, we shall have to go down into the dungeons. How shall we manage that? One hand dropped into space again. But this time he did not fall. He was a wiser lad now. Gordon groped about in the hole below him. His fingers touched something a couple of feet lower. It felt like a step. Were these more stairs? Dared he drop so far without knowing what came next? He sat on the edge and explored the thing with his toe. It was a step, but one end was broken off, and the stone wiggled. How he hated to climb down upon such a wobbling thing in that blackness! What if he should fall again? Still, he must go on, for he had no choice. Could he pull back if he must? The rocks about him were slippery with slime. How could a boy cling to them? At last he found one that had something like an edge. Slowly, cautiously, Gordon lowered his weight to the dangerous step below, rested a moment, steadied himself, dropped on his knees, then sat down, clinging all the while to the mossy stones of the wall. A breath of less foul air was coming from somewhere, and the lad drew a deep draught. With one wary toe he explored the lower blackness. There was another step, wide and solid near the wall, but broken off halfway across. The boy slid down on it. He was gaining courage now. One more step was tried. It was better, and the dozen forming the rest of the stairs were broad and firm. Gordon stood at the foot of the stairs and felt about. The arch of the passage was just in front of him. It was low, perhaps even lower than the one from which he had come, and the stone floor was more deeply bedded in moss and slime. The air was somewhat better, and this encouraged him. Surely God's good out-of-doors must be drawing near. He crawled on eagerly, and had gone a dozen yards or more, when one groping hand came upon a little pile of small, rough stones, scarcely larger than pebbles. He held one in his hand, wondering. 
these have no moss on them at all and this one is dry he said aloud as he spoke something caught his foot pull as he would he could not loosen it the thing had clenched around his ankle and was holding him fast snakes he gasped struggling wildly weak and weary the lad could make but a small effort at best the thing only tightened more and more catching up a stone he reached back cautiously and struck a sharp blow it yielded a moment but tightened again a second blow the slimy rock slipped and he touched not a snake but fingers a man's fingers rough-skinned long and thin a muffled voice whispered who are you end of chapter seventeen